I say that because he is Bigfoot. This is We Talk Games Arcade Weekly, an arcade review show brought to you each Monday free of charge from your friends over at WeTalkGames.com. And hey, who stuffed my stockings full of shurikens? I'm your host, Kyle Von Kubik, and I'm joined along with Jungle Rat Rob of the Retro League. Hey, how's it going? Oh, I forgot to mention, it's Holiday Haymakers! Oh, Jingle Bells, Jingle Bells, Jingle It's the season for the reason of punching people in the face. We talk about brawlers all month long, and Rob recommended this game. I think Rob's punishing me for all the uh, summer stinks we've put him through. (laughs) Uh, If you're new to if you're new to the show, Rob's been on this show probably, I, I think this might be the fifth or sixth time. Rob often comes on for the Summer Stink, but he's also been on the, the horn with us, the, the regular host of the show, for guest spots. I, I, I'm trying to remember some of the shows we, we, we did together. What was that 3D perspective game that wasn't actually 3D <laughs> Let's by see. Midway? Was there remember? Blaster? Was a shooter? Yes, Blaster! You were on for that. You were supposed to be on for the, the Dungeons & Dragons episode. I regret that you weren't, but it was still a great show. But there was a few other episodes. If you want to hear any of our back catalog, be sure to go to wetalkgames.com slash in the can. And you might just hear Jungle Rat Rob, but for those who are not familiar with Jungle Rat Rob, Rob, where are you from? I am one of the two hosts of a podcast called The Retro League. We do a a weekly show just talking about good old games from the 70s, 80s, 90s, and sometimes maybe the 2000s, but mostly just the stuff we're nostalgic for, which is mostly 80s and 90s. Yeah, it's a long format show. I enjoy it very much. It's a weekly program. You guys don't miss many weeks like us, which is a a feat unto itself. If anyone is familiar with podcasting, uh, you know, uh, real life gets in the way a lot. But somehow you guys make it happen, as do, do we. You're usually there throughout the year. And there's just some great content. I implore everybody to go check it out. TheRetroLeague.com, correct? That's the website? Yes. Now, Rob, there's a few things I know about you from listening to the program Mm -hmm. and having you on our program. You love Planescape Torment. (laughs) Yes. You love Star Trek. Yes, this is also true. You loved Terraria. Yes. And you also love Ninja Gaiden. You are a Gaiden person, right? You're not one of these Gaiden people. I think when I was a kid, I called it Gaiden, but I probably the moment I became an adult is when I heard (laughs) how it was properly pronounced. The bar mitzvah happened. (laughs) You knew how to pronounce Ninja Gaiden. I think I pronounced it Gaiden as well when I was a child. I was trying to remember that. Uh, I do hear it both ways. Uh, One way is very wrong and the other way is correct. I'll leave it up to the listener to decide which is correct. But Rob, when I was a kid, 
we've talked about my experiences on, on the program being a child growing up with an Atari 2600 when um, other people had the Nintendo. We talked about my experiences of unwrapping Journey, the escape for the Atari, <laughs> while other pl- people were playing Mario Brothers 2. But when I finally did get an NES, my NES collection was probably only 12 games. And the first three games that I got, aside from Super Mario Brothers and Duck Hunt, which came with the console, was Super Mario Brothers 2, uh, Kung Fu Kids, I think was the name of the other title, and Ninja Gaiden. <laughs> so you wanted to play Ninja Gaiden for Holiday Haymakers, and I was, I was jazzed about it. I'm like, hey, I didn't even know there was an arcade version of Ninja Gaiden. <laughs> this is Ninja Gaiden for the arcade, came out in 1988 by Tecmo of uh, Tecmo Super Bowl fame. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is a brawler because it's Holiday Haymakers. It's a two-player co-op. And it reminds me very much of Haunted Castle in that Haunted Castle is the first Castlevania game which came out in the arcade, and it is terrible. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Ninja Gaiden for the arcade uh, is... It may have been the first uh, Ninja Gaiden game. It's kind of debatable because in 1988 the nes had its version of ninja gaiden which is completely different from this yeah so if you're going into this game and you're expecting the wall clinging shooty mcshooterson of ninja gaiden (laughs) you're not gonna find that in this game rob what is the plot of ninja gaiden for the (laughs) arcade i think the plot is you want to beat up a lot of people (laughs) <laughs> the same person over and over and over again. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of a, a muscly Jason Voorhees looking guy. Yes. You want to beat a lot of him up. Right. I think there's a guy with some sticks. He, a very big stick. A log, in fact. Oh, yeah. Well, who will hit you over the head. There's a, there's a guy with two sticks. And then oh, a, yes. And then a guy with a giant, like you said, telephone pole. Right. And then there's also clones of you who come in different flavors. Yes, all different colors. I took this as you are the slowest, clumsiest ninja. <laughs> and you also don't know how to be stealthy because most of the time you're fighting in the daytime. Yes. Which is probably the worst time to be running around in your purple jumpsuit. Yeah. And for whatever reason, you decide to not bring any weapons with you as you fight hordes of the same person over and over again. That pretty much sums up the plot and mechanics of this game. Rob, what games do you think are similar to Ninja Gaiden for the arcade? Well, it it bears a a pretty strong resemblance to the two more popular arcade beat-em-ups that came out around the same time. So the original Double Dragon and Golden Axe uh, Mm, are really... I'd say they're similar to this, but it feels like... It was trying to be different from, say, Double Dragon in that, well, it's not that different now that I think about it. Right. There was some more acrobatic moves that you could do in this that you couldn't do in in a Double Dragon type game. Definitely. But what's funny is I can't help but compare this to like certain NES translations of the time. So you mentioned Castlevania. This, to me, almost feels like a reverse of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles on the NES. So I think it was not too long after this, you had Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles in the arcade. Mm. Classic beat-em-up. Everybody likes that. And then the home game, the the very first Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, which wasn't a port of that. It was a completely different game, a side-scroller, very difficult and frustrating. Yes. Uh, Ninja Gaiden's almost the opposite. Except- oh, no, no. Rob, it is 
totally the opposite. You are 100% correct in that uh, the arcade game was not enjoyable, for me at least, <laughs> where the, the home console game was. And Ninja Turtles, the arcade game, was very enjoyable for me as a child. And still is today. I just think that there are better brawlers out there. Whereas when I did finally get my hands on the cartridge for the NES uh, for uh, Ninja Turtles, I was horribly disappointed. (laughs) Yeah, I had a very similar experience to you where I think I did actually play this arcade game before I played the home game, but not not too much. When I played the home game, I really enjoyed that. Um, right. but yeah, my NES, I got probably after, after super Mario two had come out. And, mm-hmm. uh, so I had that exact same experience of playing the 2600 and wishing I could play Mario. And then yeah. Ninja Gaiden one was probably the third game I got. I mm-hmm. got super Mario duck hunt, I think pack mania. And then, wow, really? Yeah. <laughs> I think, though, for me, it was it was actually the not the first Ninja Gaiden, but Ninja Gaiden 2. But the little arcade that was, you know, a couple of blocks from my house that I would go to and spend quarters before Mm -hmm. I had any home video game system um, had Ninja Gaiden Arcade had Super C, which, again, people remember the home version of Contra, not so much the arcade. Sure. Some other great stuff like Road Blasters. But I remember plunking quarters into this and. One of the things that people will always remember if you played Ninja Gaiden in the arcade is the game over screen. Right. And that's that's probably the most significant thing about this game for me, at least, was the cinematic attempts that it makes with different cutscenes, interludes. And of course, this very famous uh, game over screen where um, what's the name of the ninja in Ninja Gaiden? I know you're a bigger uh, fan than I am. It's just Ryu. Ryu, okay, so Ryu is tied up, and uh, a buzzsaw is coming down to gut him out, and if you don't plunk quarters in the machine, guess what? That happens. You don't actually see that. We're not into the Mortal Kombat era yet. The screen does go red, though. It's it's very dramatic. And I think they spent more time on these cinematic elements than <laughs> they did with the, the balance and, and uh, fun of this game. Yeah. It's very much a by-the-numbers brawler for 1988. And I find that, for me at least, 1988, 1987, and 89 seem to be the years that I find hard to be accepting of some of the mistakes that are made. Like, we talk a lot lot about games that were in the early 80s or late 70s, and I'm very forgiving with uh, definitely the graphical presentation, of course, because of the limitations of hardware. But some of the mistakes that made they made because they were trying to iron things out and figure out what worked in a maze chase game or what worked in a brawler or what worked in a shooter. Whereas by 1988, it was this weird period where things were still being ironed out. 1988 saw the sequel to Baraduke and turned into a side-scrolling shooter, which was a goddamn mess. But you also saw great games like Cyberball, which was a a great game. And you also saw Super C or uh, Super Contra. The sequel to Double Dragon came out. But then you also had games like Alter Beast. And while I liked Alter Beast at the time, I cannot play that game now. And I think that's what I'm fall. That's the pitfall I'm falling into with this game is that if I was seven years old and I was in front of the Ninja Gaiden arcade machine, I probably would be dumping quarters into it. But because I'm nearly 35 years old, 
<laughs> and there are so many other better arcade games out there. I kind of gave up on this game because I'm just like, this game is very unremarkable with the exception of its franchise. I know you're a fan of the the NES Ninja Gaiden. Was that the only one you were a fan of, or did you go further or deeper into this series? Because for me, that was it for the franchise. I played that one game on the NES, loved it as a kid, but I never got deeper into the franchise. Yeah, it was pretty much just the NES trilogy. And by the time I got my own home copy of Ninja Gaiden 2, I kind of didn't really go back to the arcade version. And gotcha. it wasn't just that I, I stuck my nose up at it. Actually, the, the little arcade got torn down, so I didn't okay. have it. <laughs> As many did. Yeah. <laughs> but I did pick this up on the Wii Virtual Console recently purely for the nostalgia, just for the memories. And going back and playing it again, I can see that, like, yeah, this did not have that much to it, this arcade game. Like, it's difficult. Right. But part of me wanted to say that the NES game was difficult in a different way. But mm-hmm. I, I want to remember them both as being fun. But this arcade version was really only fun at first glance. If you were a kid back in these days, you know, the, the more you play sure. it, the, the more frustrating it becomes. I've heard other people describe this game's difficulty as, well, it's an arcade game and it was meant to steal your quarters, which I never and particularly because of what we do on our program, which is exclusively arcade games. I don't accept that. Yeah. There are plenty of arcade games that have balanced mechanics and feel fair. And yes, art, video games in general, it's a business, but there is also an art to it. There's an art to game design. To me, a more polished version of this game can be seen in 1990 from Data East with cliffhanger Edward Randy, where it's a brawler with all these cinematic elements that in 1988, Tecmo was trying to attempt with Ninja Gaiden, particularly with this one scene that I'm sure you were frustrated with, or I'm going to guess you were. You're just trying to get Ryu to cross the street (laughs) and you keep getting hit by cars because he's so slow. And yes, I know you can hang off the sign there's an overhang sign to let you know like the exit of this expressway that these cars are barreling down on but you still get hit by the the uh the big trucks if you're hanging off that sign it was like there's very interesting moments in ninja gaiden and attempts for this cinematic feel but it just did not work for me whereas with cliffhanger edward randy it did. That You had those cinematic elements with the cutscenes and also within the gameplay, these set pieces where you were doing something different. And I will give credit to Ninja Gaiden for at least attempting it, particularly with its version of Casino Zone, mm-hmm. um, where, you know, you're on neon signs and you're on the face of an owl and the owl's eyes are googly eyes and the pupils of the eyes you can get hit into. I don't know why, <laughs> but you do. But my biggest complaint probably would be with the controls, because unlike Ninja Gaiden for the NES, and I've seen people criticize that game for its controls, I don't find anything wrong with the controls of that game. It's very challenging, but I always felt like it was fair. Yes, it had the same Castlevania feel where like... Oh, no, I didn't know Simon was going to get hit by that Medusa head. Well, that <laughs> happens to the ninja in Ninja Gaiden with the birds. Like, mm-hmm. th- this happens. You know, there's some cheapness in that that respect. But snapping to the walls and throwing shurikens always felt super good. And I never got that experience playing this game. How about you, Rob? Yeah, I have to agree. They tried to make a lot of little things you could do. 
but not in the sense that we're more familiar with in more refined later beat-em-ups. So you can jump and do a cool flip, and instead of doing a sort of jump kick or jumping slash with your sword, what you can do yeah. is grab enemies, very similar to Double Dragon 3, where you'll do a flip mm. and then flip with the enemy and throw them. And I, yeah. I really liked that, but that's about the extent of what you can do. You've got your main attack, just punch and kick. You can pick up a sword, but it's temporary. And then, yeah. and then also you can hang off the you know poles and kick guys while you're doing that. But that's pretty much it. I'd say if there was any one thing I would want to try and fix about this game or add, I would want to add some kind of maybe weapon. <laughs> Like oh no, no no my dude I would add all the weapons yeah, yeah there <laughs> we go so many weapons in this game because this that's what I think that's what hurts this game the most the art style is competent for 1988 um, the fact that it's repetitive makes sense for a brawler of 1988 the lack of power ups kills this game mm-hmm. the reason why people fondly remember Altered Beast is because you turned into a goddamn werewolf. <laughs> You turned into a dragon man. Like, that was cool. There is no power-ups in this game, with the exception of a sword, which, yes, is temporary. And because of the unfair, imbalanced mechanics of the game, you lose it immediately. Mm-hmm. Because as soon as you die, that's it. You lose the weapon. And that's the only weapon in this game. <laughs> uh, this this game should have been completely centric on weapons, much like Ghosts and Goblins, Ghouls and Ghosts. Having that lance, having that axe is that draw to make you keep playing a game which is unforgivingly brutal to you. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I would say if they had at least included, like, throwing stars and temporary invincibility, that would have been a big Mm -hmm. step up, especially if they gave it to you in liberal quantities, just all over the place throwing stars. That would have been better. Yeah. But... I think uh, a lot of brawlers after this got the idea that if you're going to have more than one person playing, then you should have multiple characters you could select and they should have different, you know, different balanced abilities. And I don't blame Ninja Gaiden for not having that because that's kind of an idea that came a little later. Even the original TMNT didn't have that that much in the arcade game. No, you had a short range and a long range, basically. So, like, you had Leo and Don who could hit at a longer range than Michelangelo or Raphael. But aside from that, no, there was no difference between those characters. But later on with Monster Maulers, for example, you had your heavy who would be powerful but slow. You had your speed character who would be fast but weak. And for 1988, maybe that was a little too advanced. But you have two-player co-op. The game does not get any easier with a second player. Mm -hmm. It's just as frustrating because I did experiment with that as well. It's just another Ryu on the screen. But the lack of weapons is really what detracts. And I know they could have done this because in 1988, it was the sequel to Ghosts and Goblins, which was Ghouls and Ghosts, which is completely centric on that weapon system. Um, This game is very much a response to Double Dragon, but in the same year, Double Dragon 2 came out. And even though I'm not a huge Double Dragon guy, I see that Double Dragon was a much better game in craft than Ninja Gaiden. Yeah. But then you also had games like NARC that came out, (laughs) which is very similar to this game in a lot of respects. Yeah, the main characters even look kind of similar. In NARC, you've got the kind of colored jumpsuit, but then you've got no sleeves and a mask. Right. You know what this game needed, Rob? More heroin needles like (laughs) NARC. Yeah, more more (laughs) dogs that explode into smaller dogs. (laughs) 
But yeah, even that had more of those fun cinematic things, like when you get in the car. True. Yeah. And that, this is the time, again, it's the late 80s, and it's right before this boom or this renaissance in the arcade, at least in my opinion, where arcade games were big again, and you had the introduction of the MVS with Neo Geo, and brawlers were trying to experiment with different things. This is this weird period where the arcade crash happened, the home console crash happened, the home console's coming back now, and the arcades are like, well, what do we do? What do we do that's different from the Nintendo? And this is where you see, like, okay, there's some ideas here, like with the cinematic elements of Ninja Gaiden, but there isn't this sort of finished product that you'd find just a couple years later. Like, I'm going to go back to Cliffhanger, Edward Randy, because I really feel like there's a lot of ideas in Ninja Gaiden that ended up being polished. You know, a lot of rough edges in Ninja Gaiden that were polished off in Cliffhanger only two years later. Mm-hmm. Did you ever play uh, Cliffhanger? No, this... Strongly recommend yeah, it. Even though this is the first I've heard of it, just doing a little search online, this game looks really cool. It's a lot of fun. It's doing what I wish this game did. What I was hoping from this game was an arcade experience that was similar to the home console experience I got, mm. which it does not. <laughs> but the alternative would have been cool to have a very polished cinematic, you know, where there is these big set pieces, like I keep saying, where there is these interesting elements. Because then at least it would be a little more forgivable, but the the elements don't happen often enough. And a lot of times they're goofy, like seeing a ninja read a newspaper isn't all that <laughs> exciting. Or seeing a ninja struggle to cross the street is not all that exciting. But in Cliffhanger, Edward Randy, when you're fighting on top of a biplane and jumping from one biplane to another, that's exciting. Mm-hmm. This game wasn't. The home console version, I would argue, is very exciting just because of the speed, because ninjas are synonymous at least for me with speed this is the slowest clumsiest ninja i've ever (laughs) played as here's a mechanic that was cool but not utilized correctly snapping two objects so you're ryu you're jumping around you're doing cool hurricanas and grabbing people by the neck and paralyzing them for life awesome (laughs) but you jump on a lamppost and you're just dangling there and then there's some dude underneath you that's just knocking you to bits. That's not fun. <laughs> and it doesn't feel fluid. And I, I guess maybe I needed more of that fluid feeling to feel like a ninja. And I did not. I didn't feel like a ninja. I felt like I was Bimmy or Jimmy in a worse version of their game. It's sad because I liked the NES Ninja Gaiden game so much, but... Yeah, Rob, they can't all be winners. And I'm still glad you recommended this game because I was not aware of it. And I, I, I told Wiggly, I'm like, hey, you know, Rob's coming on. He wants to talk about Ninja Gaiden for Holiday Haymakers. And uh, Wiggly was like, I will pass on that game because <laughs> he was familiar with it. But I will say this with doing research about the game. There are people who legitimately love this game and maybe it's purely on nostalgic reasons. And that's fine. For me, because I've played a lot of games uh, over the course of just doing the show, for me, this is not a game I would return to. And I don't know who I'd recommend this game to, because if I was going to recommend a brawler, obviously, I've been talking a lot about a better one on this episode (laughs) that I would recommend. How about you, Rob? After playing it again, do you think it's something you're going to revisit in the near future? Well... 
See, I think I know your answer. Yeah. For me personally, Rob, if Ninja Gaiden the arcade game is waiting underneath the mistletoe for you, <laughs> are you going to approach it? No, that'd be that'd be too soon. In in the more distant future, sure, I'll probably revisit it just for the memories. But sure. I completely agree that there's just so many better other beat-em-ups you know just a few years after this and then especially once you got into the 90s the games had completely changed you had right stuff like alien versus predator i mean even just the oh yes the, the later the home console games were really great too you had your streets of rage you know the, the final fight games mm-hmm. there's so many other games that even if they aren't as cinematic or don't have that many moves like there's just so many great options that they really perfected the style of beat-em-ups yeah and if you want to play as a ninja, go play Shinobi. <laughs> yeah. I mean, really, like that at least gave you the uh, the ninja feel as you, you know, you felt like you were a fast moving uh, assassin in a, in a jumpsuit yeah. where I didn't get that feeling from this game. Yeah, it's funny, like you mentioned fast moving like that is it's such a difference from the home console version to this, even though the home console version is very difficult and you often end up dying from one hit. You get knocked off into a pit. Yes, or the wind blows you off a platform. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but then you immediately just start back up. You have another chance against that same obstacle. But in the Ninja Gaiden arcade game, there's waves and waves of identical bad guys. And if one of them kills you, you don't feel like, oh, I just need one more chance to defeat that guy. You're coming back and then you're like, OK, there's five more guys just like him. I've just got to slog mm-hmm. away and mash the attack button, maybe jump around him if I can. It's not as rewarding. I think slog is a, a good word to describe this game. It felt like a slog. And I have no trouble admitting that I did tap out because I was just I got bored with the game. Normally I stick through it. And I'm like, I've seen everything you've got, game. <laughs> I think I'm pretty good. You know, I got past uh, a few levels. I definitely saw the casino zone, as I, I've touched on. But after a while, there was this one part where I kept snap, like, I, you know, a group of enemies would come and I would snap onto some object and then they kept pushing in my stool. And I'm like, I'm done. <laughs> I, I got it. I know what this game is. And Tecmo would go on to create much better games than this. Yeah. And I don't know if this was a different development team, you know, if there was an arcade division and home console division, and that's why the games are so drastically different. But if you were to play either of the Ninja Gaiden games that came out in 1988, I would strongly recommend playing the Nintendo version if you're not familiar with it. I definitely agree. And I don't know if there was a team, you know, specifically assigned to arcade games, but I think just the fact that the two games came out so close to each other shows that they must have had different teams working on them. Like one team was working on the arcade game while the other was doing the home game. And yeah, they definitely were doing two different things and they ended up with very different levels of quality. I feel like the arcade team were sitting in a room and they're like, look how cool this continuous screen is. And then their boss kicked on the door and they're like, hey, you goofballs, the game's supposed to be done in a week. <laughs> like, oh, crap. I don't know. Throw Voorhees in there. I... <laughs> no, I'm, the game definitely has some attentions to detail that I can recognize where there was an effort to make something interesting. It just fell short in a lot of ways. Yeah. While it might not be recognized as the full foundation of the genre, it's definitely a brick that led to better games that would come out in the early 90s and mid-90s that we would all fondly remember. 
Yeah, I gotta yeah. recommend and give a shout out to the Super Nintendo version of Ninja Warriors. Mm, okay, if, tell me about this. So if you want to play a beat-em-up game where you are a ninja and you're just badass, uh, so Ninja Warriors is about three robot ninjas. It's in a, a post-apocalyptic world where an evil warlord has already taken over and everyone is a mind slave to him. And only okay. these three robots that are programmed with ninjutsu can stop them. Of course. <laughs> so, and it's just like we had mentioned with the balance before, there's a big slow guy, there's a medium, uh, you know, ninja lady, and then there's a skinny, really fast guy, but they yeah. crank that up on the two ends because the skinny fast guy, his attacks are crazy fast, but he has trouble like picking up guys to throw them. The really big guy, mm. as slow as he is, all you have to do is just walk up next to a guy and he'll pick them up with one arm and then do like a backbreaker or something. Okay. So you just you feel really powerful in that game. Yeah, it's important to feel like you have the at least the tools to mitigate the challenges of the mm-hmm. game. Later brawlers would definitely hone in on that idea and implement it into their gameplay mechanics. Well, Rob, just remind everybody remind everybody where they can find you again. I know you're on Twitter finally. <laughs> that took long enough. Yes. You finally closed your Friendster page and moved on to Twitter. <laughs> yes, MySpace is no longer a thing. I'm at Rob Anderson 64 over on Twitter. But if you want to hear my podcast, that's The Retro League over at theretroleague.com or search for The Retro League in any of the social media. We're mostly on there. Great program. Great community, too. You got a forum over there. Just great members. I had the privilege of meeting Joe, one of your forum members at the Long Island Retro Gaming Expo. Really great dude. And he was volunteering at the show. We didn't get to talk very long, but it's just cool to meet up with people that you know in the virtual space in real life. And uh, they're not creepazoids. (laughs) You're not being catfished or something. I guess over the years, I've been very lucky that I've met some very um, interesting cool and kind people through podcasting uh, and i would include you in that in, in that group so thank you very much for coming on and joining us for holiday haymakers and picking this game because even though i did not enjoy playing this game uh, i think it's important to uh, spotlight all different games they can't all be winners yeah. and it's definitely not a summer of a stink game <laughs> <laughs> yeah and when we talk games we probably deserve it because we made you play uh hard head too <laughs> oh yeah there's as difficult and disappointing as the ninja Gaiden arcade game may have been there's a lot worse Without a doubt. Hardhead 2 is one of the best examples of something that's way worse. Yeah. And if you're listening to this program, you already know where to find us. We're on Twitter at WeTalkGames, Facebook.com slash WeTalkGames. And of course, our name is our address, WeTalkGames.com. For uh, Jungle Rat Rob of the Retro League, I am Kyle Von Kubik. Have another glass of eggnog, and we will talk at you again next week. Or at least I will, because Rob won't be here. Yes, so keep listening. Holiday cheer! Get my tempo going here. What's that, Don? I'm tapping my finger on the microphone like every professional singer does. They have to clap. 
on the mic with their one hand. You know, and they can't, they can't play a tambourine with their other hand. The free hand, they got to tap with the same hand. Okay, I'll take the ring off. Take the other one off. That'll help. Take off, take these off. Get those out of the ring. I'll even take my watch off. Whenever you're ready, guys. Yeah! It's a marshmallow world in the treetops In the arms of an ebony light And the moon is dead like a pumpkin And when it's a marshmallow world It's a young, yummy world made forever Take whatever you need and the moon hits your eye like a big pizza pie. That's a morning in the marshmallow world. Now, first of all, if a, if the moon hits your eyeball and a pizza hit your eyeball, that's two. That's a cataclysmic difference right there. And number two, who wants to get hit in their eyeball with a pizza? I don't even know where we're in the song. See. Better take off my rings again. Pumpkin head. It's a winter, it's a marshmallow world. Huh. Okay, that guy's gotta come in. Alright. Made for me and made for you in winter. And your favorite girl. What if spring was winter instead? Then you have Marshmallow world, everybody come around to see how I'm doing in the frosty air. World is a snowball, see how she blows, that's how she goes, she turns up your toes. Ever. Get up and check out my pants. Jazz, jazz, hot. <laughs>